Get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. Summer is heating up with baseball. Can the Jays make a run at the division? Oh, <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> uh, hey, but you can bet before the game, whichever way you think. Live and in play uh, in all your favorite teams and hot dog contests. Woo! Woo! Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN or download the app to get started. It's 19 plus. And what do you have to do, Steve? Please play responsibly. Welcome to Nailing the Apex, everyone. I'm Tim Haraney. Please head on over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts as well. If you can write a review, we'd really appreciate it. Helps us a lot. You can also watch us on YouTube as well. And you can follow me on social media at Tim Haraney. It's emergency pod time, everybody, because we got some news coming out of Formula One. As the Alpine F1 team, well, they've parted ways with team principal Omar Safnauer and sporting director... Alan Permain following the conclusion to this weekend's Belgian Grand Prix. Now, the team will also be losing their chief technical officer, Pat Fry. He's moving down to Williams to take that same position down there. So these are massively big names um, that are being let go or being let walk away from Alpine. Unbelievable stuff. So if we go back through... A bit of a timeline. We'll see if I can nail these dates properly. It's around 18, 19 days ago. Bruno Famine was uh, promoted to the vice president of Alpine Motorsports and was put in charge of, you know, leading all of the company's motorsport endeavors, which also included the Formula One team as well. And Omar Safnauer, well, he was to report to Famine, who would then report to at the time the group ceo Laurent rossi uh but before famine you know safnauer was communicating directly to Laurent rossi reporting directly to Laurent rossi and now they had added famine in between um the the two of them so that chain of of command alpine said then in a statement that the change was to uh, was a step to simplify and uh, reinforce that chain of communication uh, done, quote, through the creation of functional hubs is what they had called it. So Famine's roles were to be heading up all of motorsports divisions uh, for Alpine uh, so that they participate in Formula One, endurance racing, uh, customer car racing, their um, Alpine Academy as well. And there's no question it's been a very tough start to the season for the Alpine F1 team. I mean, currently at the time of recording this, you know, there's six in the constructor standings. At the beginning of the season, the goal was to capture that p4 again maybe do a little bit better maybe try to push for that p3 like they had uh, done in 2022 you know fighting and wrestling p4 from mclaren um you know the team was looking at the start of 2023 as as themselves being very competitive but once you know they hit the track in bahrain they they hadn't made as big of a step as I think they were hoping to then seeing just how much of a step Aston Martin had made and continued to make at the beginning of the season. And then you fast forward to may at the Miami Grand Prix and the team struggling um, and uh, team boss 
or Laurent Rossi, I should say. So the CEO, Laurent Rossi, furious with the team's lack of performance, saying that, you know, there were, you know, some in the team that, not the drivers, that were not trying hard enough and lacking motivation. I think that was directed towards more of the upper brass at the team. Um, Rossi did, however, confirm to F1.com that the Renault group, so the ones that basically own Alpine, would would not pull the plug on their commitment to Formula One just because they were struggling and the team would stay and they were committed to Formula One. They were committed to this project. They were committed um, to, to racing in Formula One. So Renault has been, you know, giving a lot of financial support to the team, probably close to, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to the, for the cars the development of them, the development of the engines, the internal uh, workings within the factory, because factory needs to be upgraded as well. Uh, and then I think for them, you know, they also see what Aston Martin has done in the off season and are probably wondering, you know, why, why that's not them because Aston Martin, you know, they don't have the infrastructure at the time that, Alpine has. They don't have the workforce that Alpine has. And yet here this team, Aston Martin team, is, you know, beating them and beating a lot of the teams out there. So I think Rossi had that time, you know, warned the team, you know, if there were no signs of improvement, then there would be some consequences. And the trajectory, as he called it, wasn't good that the team was on. So I think for the Alpine F1 team, you know, they began to turn this form around a bit. You know, so they started to score some points. Ocon had that big podium in Monaco and kind of seemed like they were, you know, turning a corner and starting to be competitive and looking more like the Alpine team that we'd seen in 2022. But then, you know, poor performances followed again. Canada, just a P8 for Ocon. Austria, I think Gasly just squeaked into the points. Um, while Ocon, I think he languished in like P14. British Grand Prix, both DNFs, Hungary again, both drivers crashing into each other, DNFing again. So now just over a week ago, Laurent Rossi, who uh, was the CEO at Alpine, so he was moved over to a role in special projects at Renault. And in comes Felipe Kreef. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Don't quote me on it. Um, but for Rossi, you know, I think a big part of his, this is project's role is to oversee uh, development, but then also the implementation of a few of the Alpine road cars, getting, getting newer versions of Alpine road cars out into the market. So with that change, you know, of hierarchy at the team, uh, it was Kreef, Bruno Famine, who would report to Kreef, and then underneath him is Otmar Safnar. So Safnar again having to go through Bruno Famine to get to the CEO or whatever that communication um, chain. But since you know, you know, Kreef has really just gone and cleaned house here by you know letting go of Safnar and Permain and letting Pat Fry you know be snapped up by. By Williams, I mean that's a that's a top line talent 
right there as well. So it's just a it's a laundry list or a revolving door, I should say, at the team, you know, for almost a few years here. I mean, if you go if you go back to I wanna say like Daniel Ricardo, you know, obviously a big name, but you know, he leaves. You know, why is he why is he leaving, right? So he just leaves leaves the group, leaves Renault, goes McLaren, and then Sira Bitabool. Uh, team boss for quite a while at that team gone January around January, 2021 Marcin Budkowski and Alain Prost, who was in this non-executive director role is kind of weird uh, beginning of 2022, both of them gone. And that was a, that was sort of a weird tier system that they, they had worked out within the team. It was quite odd. Uh, Fernando Alonso came and went Oscar Piastri, gone um then now we've got Laurent Rossi moved to special projects Safnauer gone Alan Permain gone Pat Fry gone so all of these you know relatively fairly big names within this group and you know Famine had this to say on Friday that you know Safnauer and Permain they weren't, how did he put it? They weren't on the same line or on the same timeline, I believe he called it. And quote, we have a different view of the way of doing it. And so I think a lot of that has to do with Otmar and, and Permains and everyone's vision of how long it was going to take Alpine to get back to their winning ways. You know, back to the time of Renault when they were winning those championships but I think if you look at that Renault team from those years when they were winning those championships with Fernando Alonso, you know, that was a very special time because I I don't believe Renault had too much hands-on to do with the team, right? Flavio Briatore took care of a lot of things at that team. Alonso was surrounded by a very strong group. There weren't many people making the decisions there. There were only a few voices. It was a tight collaborative effort. And, you know, look what they were able to achieve with that, with that team. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Um, for Alan Permain, uh, you know, he's a very competent motorsports person. He's been at that team for, uh, has to be over 30 years. He's been there for a very long time. Our Otmar only, you know, given a few years, not even that at this team. I just don't feel that that's enough because I think for a team principal to put their stamp on a, on a team, it takes a few years. There's a lot of things internally that you have to get to your, your liking. It's like a head coach and they come in and, you know, sometimes head coaches can't turn teams around in a day. It takes a while. And this is similar. Only it's, bigger right they're having to deal with hundreds and hundreds of people sometimes thousands instead of you know 20 or 30 and you have to remember that you know for Omar Safnauer what he had to do at Force India and when they went into administration and then Lawrence Stroll rescued from rescued them from that and him and and Bob Fernley and Andrew Green and that entire team, you know, he got them, he got them working and he got that team to really just punch well above their weight level in the constructor standings, even when their doors were closing. Like for those of you who are kind of new to Formula One, I mean, like to go back, to go back a ways, I mean, this is a team at Force India at the time 
their doors were literally were shutting and they had no money to keep the lights on to pay their employees, but yet they were able to produce a solid car and keep the team unified and joined. And they were able to crack out some, you know, very impressive performances. And, you know, big part of that is because of what Otmar does, right? What he does with the team. And I think that speaks volumes when you're in that stressful situation, but it's, I guess it's difficult, you know, when your vision and what, that of your boss's vision don't really align. Famine will be the uh, the intern, so Bruno Famine will be the interim team principal uh, to go along, you know, with his many other duties that I had mentioned earlier. While Julian Rouse, who is the head of the Driver Academy, will move to the interim sporting director role. Um, Rumor is that former boss Mattia Bonotto will take over, you know, once his Ferrari gardening leave has has ended. But Bruno Fanlin's media availability uh, on Friday was a little weird. He didn't really answer a lot of these questions. Uh, he didn't answer really that many questions at, at all. It was it was kind of odd. Um, didn't really give us too, too much to, to go on. And I think at the end of the day, you know, Alpine just thought that they had, they may have reached a peak in terms of how, how far they could go with this team personnel who were uh, in their place. And to take that, you know, next step, they, they needed to restructure. And I think that's kind of what, you know, maybe where Alpine was coming from. Maybe they saw the team like, Hey, with what we've got put in place, maybe all we're good for is a P4 in a constructor standings or battling for a P6 and we can't level up. So we need to clean house a bit to bring in some fresh perspective to help us level up, to help us get back to that those championship um, winning ways. But this is a massive move for this team. Like when I said clean, they clean slate, guys. Like... They've removed like a lot of their senior and very experienced personnel at the top of this team. And at the moment, just no legit replacements for them at the moment. I'm sure, there's going to be some other things coming down the pipeline, but boy, that it's uh that's a that's a big um it's big to let those those individuals let go uh really is so when i was at uh the williams factory a few weeks ago in the uk uh i got to spend some time with with james vowels a lot of us did team principal of, of williams james vowels and he had hinted at the you know the possibility of of an addition to the team that was going to be a big name and I was like super excited. I wanted to know like, okay, well, come on. You can't just tell us that. And then you can't tell us that and not explain, you know, who, and it was someone who he had been speaking with for quite some time. And lo and behold, it was Pat Fry. So Pat Fry leaving Alpine, walking his way down the paddock now towards uh, Williams where he will start work on November 1st. Uh, he'll join the team in that chief technical officer role. Uh, loads of experience, Pat Fry, in F1 and working for such teams like McLaren and Ferrari and Renault and Alpine. And 
Now we'll move down the paddock, like I had mentioned, to Joint Williams. Great story. I mean, this is a really this is a really nice hire by Vals. And in fact, I think it's his first real big hire since you know taking over at the Williams team. Really impressive move by him. Um I think that's gonna help them a lot. I mean, the thing with Williams obviously is infrastructure, right? They need they need to get that CapEx like Ian Parks and I had spoke about on our last podcast that we posted um, on Thursday. We were speaking of, of that CapEx and Ian uh, described it very, very well how that works and essentially just trying to get more out of CapEx so you know, Vals can go and spend that on this old infrastructure that's at Williams and really try to turn their factory around. Uh, so they can get this team, you know, back to its you know, glory days, so to speak. But uh, really like what he's doing at that team at the moment. Um, seeing Doralton and them having that understanding, you know, they're invested, right? Like Doralton has really understood what it what it's going to take to get Williams, you know, back up to the sharper end of the grid. And it's great to see them investing and investing money. Uh, James is, you know, I've sat in on a number of press conferences with James Files and never heard him once complain about not having um, the money to go and spend on things. So, yeah, really excited for for Williams to get Pat Fry. Obviously, it's going to take some time for him to get integrated and get up to speed and sort of put his stamp on on that side of the team. But that's a really exciting hire for them. Uh, thanks very much, everybody, for watching and listening. Really appreciate it. Please head on over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts as well. Write a review as it really helps us grow this show. You can also watch us on YouTube. And I'll be back on Sunday with more Nailing the Apex. You can also follow me at Tim Haraney. And we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>